The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link, alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. Going to be focusing on James's latest farm futures piece, one of the final of the MILB regular season. Anyway, you're going to be dishing out your hitter awards for this season uh, by level too. It's a good breakdown. But first, I want to talk about some September call-ups we did, we did last week and. Yoan Moncada is indeed getting the call to the major leagues on Friday, going to join the team. Still waiting a lot of teams' uh, list of players, at least for the first round of call-ups. A lot of those will be coming tomorrow when they actually are together in the, the major league clubhouse. But uh, Moncada stepping in right away. Yeah, I mean, this one uh, we called last week that was kind of an easy one to see coming just based on the way that they were playing him at double-A uh, at third base, obviously, and given their struggles on the big league roster. Uh, it's been pointed out that uh, he has kind of struggled against lefties at double A, but I mean, it's a, it's a small sample. And um, Travis Shaw obviously struggles against I mean, lefties. Yeah, I've, I have Shaw on, on my staff keeper league two team. And I mean, he's just been a, uh, a weight that's just been suppressing all of my categories here in the second half. So I, it's, it's nice to finally competently put him on the bench and, forget about it there i mean i think mancata could just play every day if if he kind of hits the ground running if he does something like you know 
six strikeouts in his first two games or something like that or, or whatever. He, he might uh, kind of start out in a, in a every other day type of situation, but I definitely think he's at this point probably rostered in close to 100% of formats. Yeah, I mean, I know there are all those dead dead leagues out there, so his number won't be 100% owned, but he should be owned 100% owned in all competitive leagues. Uh, at this point, I, I agree with you. Any other impact players that you see coming up? I know the first player you talked about in your latest article, Dan Vogelbach, Swaggy V, we've talked about him. He could come up and have some impact. The, the power could be beneficial to, to owners, but, again, not going to play probably every day with the Major League Club. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's someone kind of for, for deeper mixers and uh, AL onlys. I did see – Johander Mendez just got uh, the call from the the Rangers. He's a no doubt top 100 guy. Uh, be interesting to kind of. I think he'll probably be used out of the bullpen. Um, he could be pretty nasty back there, but uh, and especially with them losing Jeremy Jeffress, so they they've definitely uh, they could use all the help they can get in the bullpen. But he's a guy that if you're in a league uh, like our staff keeper two league, um where where you can't add minor leaguers until they're in the major leagues this is a guy that might still be out there on waivers and now that he's been added maybe you throw a one dollar bid at him and get to keep him next year and and he should be a part of that rotation at some point in 2017 interesting interesting i'm looking forward to seeing my reds list of call-ups i saw you know an article the other day suggesting maybe bobby stevenson isn't really brought up or if he is maybe rarely used uh say confidence too low walks too high it's like yeah you just publicly shamed the guy of course his confidence is low but uh either way i think it's pretty obvious that that he is a bullpen arm long term do you agree there yeah uh they just have you know they have enough other young arms that are kind of as developed as he is or or probably even past his development at this point where they don't need to rely on him like it's not it's not going to make or break the franchise if he ends up just being a reliever and you don't want to lose him completely. Like, I mean, you don't want to just keep having his confidence, uh, shaken. So, uh, and I, I also think there's something to the idea of, you know, having him, I think the smart thing would be to have him pitch as a reliever in September. Maybe, you know, maybe he gets on a bit of a run and, and he can end the season on a, on a high note and you bring him back in the yeah. spring training and try to, look at what was working in that relief role maybe you stretch him out maybe you, you keep him in a relief role but I mean I, I think that that's a that's a way that he could end the season on a, on a strong note whereas if you just don't call him up or call him up to start I feel like that's that's not really going to help anything yeah let him try to salvage something from this season and, and rebuild some of that confidence I agree with you forgot to mention we we're going to be grading out jaw rule a lot of low marks getting thrown out later you know, you, you want to avoid the jaw rules in fantasy, of course, on any walk of life, but especially <laughs> fantasy. You know, a guy who comes up, hits the scene, makes a splash, but you kind of see through it, you see that he's overrated. Any jaw rules coming up in September, guys who, you know, may may get on a run while the, the league hasn't really adjusted to him, and you see maybe being overvalued in drafts next spring? Hunter Dozier, maybe? Uh, You know, I, I don't know. I don't think he'll be overvalued because i don't think there's enough hype right now to to where it would get to that level um i think i think uh hunter renfro yeah is an option there i mean he's he's a guy that has plenty of fans I, i think you have to i think he just won the the pcl mvp award um i mean his numbers certainly justify that that kind of a claim but i think if you look at where he was playing uh, and you look at how old he was, it's it's not as impressive as it looks at, at first glance. So he's a guy that I could see, you know, it, it does usually take a, a good month or so for pitchers to to kind of figure out what the book is on a hitter like, like that and really start to kind of tackle his weaknesses. I mean, look at like Tim Anderson. That was a guy that we, we predicted would come up and, and have his struggles throughout this season but he's still a, a guy I like a lot long-term. He hit the ground running, and then after, if you like, look at his splits after his first like three weeks or something like that, it, it, it does kind of bear that out. So mm-hmm. uh, be careful not to get too high on a guy that you weren't already high on. Like If you're a huge Hunter Renfro fan and you disagree with me and he has a good September, then, I mean, by all means, continue with that opinion. But 
you know, if, if it's a guy that you maybe were down on and then you don't want to change your mind in just one month. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a wise word of, of caution there. And before we move on to your, your piece, though, I want to just talk real quick because we, we, we discussed Jose De Leon last week. I hadn't really seen it really taken into account the Dodgers 40-man situation. They're in a rough spot. I figured you know, the numbers certainly weren't a promotion, but it's sounding, and I know Andy McCullough, the Los Angeles Times, is speculating that De Leon is just not going to get the call, just not going to be room for him on the 40-man roster. Do you think that's indeed how it plays out? Uh, I think if they desperately need him, I think they'll find a way to, to make it work and they'll, they'll have to make a, a tough decision. But, you know, they have guys coming back. I mean, Scott Casimir is going to come back in a week or two. Kershaw is supposed to be back and maybe by next weekend. Uh, you know, Brett Anderson, Brandon McCarthy, both could be back at some point this month. And then you, you have guys like Ross Stripling and Bud Norris who aren't exciting, but they can they can eat innings for you. You've, you've got a, a solid shot at the division. There's no need to, to cut a guy loose from your 40-man who, who has more value than that yeah. just to kind of get that, that marginal upgrade that De Leon might give you over a guy like Ross Stripling over, over three starts. Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating for those who have been stashing De Leon, thinking he'd help over the final month, but – uh, it does make sense, especially because yeah, they they've had so many injuries this year that they can't really just be giving giving out forty man spots or even to guys who deserve them when they need more reliable proven commodities. I, I think it's I mean it it is a it is a shame for for daily own, owners, but uh, really kind of a cool thing that's happened is Julio Urias has been able to get a a nice little run here in the rotation. I, he's been coming uh, along. He's been in there longer than I thought. He's made more more starts at the big league level than I might have anticipated. Already had uh, 108 innings on the year, and I'm gonna start it, tomorrow. And it seems like they might just ride him, ride him out in that that rotation. Uh, I mean, he's he's clearly one of their five best starters at this point. His numbers are all of a sudden looking kind of like the guy that that everyone sort of expected him to be. And if you factor in that uh, his first few starts weren't that great, then those numbers look even better and I, I have to imagine he's a guy who going into dress next year is going to be getting a lot of hype in kind of that you know Carlos Rodon Stephen Matz range that we saw heading into this year yeah maybe maybe so I know Dave Roberts said you know the innings limit innings cap will come into play at some point in September but uh gonna make another start and I think he can make a couple more uh, before he is shut down or transitioned to the bullpen but Norris, though, has struggled, and, yeah, they have some Rich Hill blister issue popping up again. I could see – I kind of think Dalian does come up, even though they are in a bit of a roster crunch there. But we'll move on, James, and discuss your latest piece. Great stuff, as always. We've talked about Dan Vogelbach at length. Anything you want to add here? You, you named him your most impressive hitter at the AAA level this year. No, this was kind of an easy call. I mean, yeah, we, we don't have to talk about him too much. It, I, this would have probably been Joey Gallo's award if he'd kind of kept up his first half pace, but he's he's hitting just two twenty six with 69 strikeouts over his last uh, 37 games. That's, that's in the second half. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, if you're a Gallo owner – it's been kind of a roller coaster season because at one point it looked like he'd really made some strides. And at this point he's kind of back to sort of where he was at the end of last year. So you, you kind of haven't really learned anything about him except that he hasn't taken that big step forward that you were hoping for. So he's going to be a really tough guy, I think, to evaluate this off season. Vogelbach doesn't really have any of those flaws. He doesn't have the ceiling, but uh, just, just a really impressive year by him. Hey, real quick, just because I meant to ask you, but then I forgot it for a second. But you, you said Julio Urias maybe, maybe treated as a Carlos Rodon type at least coming in the year, so like top one fifty ish yeah, range. I yeah. think so. Somebody asked me the other day, and I said like, or I think it was John McKechnie asked me that same question, where I thought, you know, I'd, I'd take Urias next year, and I said, I said top two fifty. Just because I, I don't think he's going to be available for a full workload yet, but I think you're probably right. Maybe middle ground, top two hundred, just to be safe. But uh, one hundred and fifty on the aggressive side. I think he's going to be a guy that just gets a ton of helium. Like mm. I think if if you want to get him outside the top one hundred and fifty, I think you want to be drafting in in January or February, and 
you know, I think if he finishes the year, I would say he's probably on pace for you know, 120 innings or so this year, 125 innings. I think you can probably pencil him in at that point for 160 next year. And, you know, if Which you is decent, if but, you, if you yeah. think that you're getting like, I think you might be getting a guy that like throws up a three, two and like a one, one, five and over a strikeout per inning over those one sixty. So it's yeah, highly valuable. I mean, you look at a guy like Jose Fernandez coming into the year, everyone wanted to ding him because of the innings. Like he's just, I mean, talent, talent, especially in shallower leagues, you want the guy that's going out there and just dominating when he's out there because you can replace him uh, in your lineup when, when he's not making starts as opposed to the guy you think you can get 200 from and it's going to be a, a lesser quality. That's true. But we've seen a guy like Rodon have issues this year. You think Urias is, is pretty safe from, I, what, from what we've seen? I mean, I, I feel better about him in terms of the the safety than I did uh Rodon uh, heading into um heading into last year it's you know you'd like to see the walks come down obviously but he's been more efficient in his most recent starts which is really right. good to see uh you know and even Rodon like yeah he he kind of screwed you in the first 3 months He's been pretty dominant lately, though. I mean, yeah. he, he's pitching like the guy that we, we thought he was. So, uh, I mean, pitchers, young pitchers especially, there's there's a lot of uh, variance that can happen over a, a 15, 20-start stretch. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that I, I definitely would like to have some shares of next year. Absolutely. Well, let's get to uh, to the most improved from the AAA level, and that's Hunter Dozier of the Royals. What uh, in his game has changed that's allowed him to take this next step? Well, he's he's hitting in the uh, he's hitting in the Pacific Coast League, which is yeah, nice. that'll help. That'll he's help. Uh, you know he's a guy who has always had some some issues with breaking stuff away. Uh, I wonder I wonder if there's there's been maybe an adjustment there. I, I still think he he might just be kind of a, a quad A guy long term. Um, but I mean he's he's a guy with a ton of strength. Like a lot of his home runs aren't necessarily, um, just a great, you know, great swing. Mm -hmm. It's just, he just gets the ball and just takes it out with his, with his just raw strength. Uh, I'm not that high on him, but I mean, if you look at that Royal system, especially if, if they try him in the out, I mean, I know they've been, they've been trying him a little bit in the outfield, I think this year. Um, they don't have a ton coming, especially on the offensive side. So I think he does get a look at some point next year. I'm not sure exactly where that'll be on the, the diamond, but you know, they've got some options now and you know, they've brought up guys this year with, with a lot less pedigree than, than Hunter Dozier who had some success for at least uh, small stretches. So uh, I think he's a guy you have to consider as maybe a late round flyer and deeper mixed leagues next year. I, I'd, I don't love him in dynasty leagues, but in terms of a guy that could have a hot couple of months in, in 2017, he's someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, late round pick just based off his sheer power <laughs> power potential. <laughs> I definitely agree with you there. Biggest disappointment: the A's Matt Olson uh, numbers this year certainly not not anything to write home about. 232 average, 331 on base, 424 slug. Where does he? He did have 17 homers. But where does he now rank, uh, you know, in your top 200 uh, prospect rankings? He's, he's been off that list for a while. Uh, I just don't see him being an everyday player. I mean, he's been moved to the outfield. So then you're going to have to ask, you know, the, the bat. And, and the bat's kind of gone down as he's moved um, up the defensive spectrum. And they just have – they're going to have enough options out there where I just don't see him – uh, being more in a platoon guy, uh, on the bright side, he's he's not striking out as much as as a guy as a, as a power uh, prospect like like that would you would imagine he would. He's walking a ton. He's he's gonna turn 23 years old this off season, so he, he's still relatively young for AAA. Uh, he'll probably start at AAA again next year, but yeah, he's definitely not coming up. He's not no, on the 40. No, to to me, he's. He's just kind of a Alex Dickerson type, you know, that that's gonna get uh, a run at some point with somebody, and you know, he might might have a hot few weeks. I, I just don't think he profiles as a an everyday player anymore. 
and then I I could have easily gone with Colin Moran here too. He he just really kind of had uh, an opportunity there to kind of seize that that third baseman job with with the Astros this year. Uh, they didn't give him a long leash at all, but he he hasn't been great at AAA either, and and he's not hitting for power. So uh, those are two guys who I had on my top 200 coming into the year, and now they're both uh, well off it. Yeah, I mean, I mean the Astros had Bregman, of course, but maybe the Gurriel signing kind of indicates uh, maybe how far they've fallen on Moran. Yeah, definitely. Maybe that, that stint in the majors kind of affected him uh, over the remainder of the year, too. Uh, yeah, Olsen, though, it does have a new teammate at Nashville, I saw. Franklin Barreto. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty impressive to, to reach that level. At, is he 20, 20 still? 21? He's still 20. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Is he a guy that could impact the major leagues next year you know he's he's someone to keep an eye on as a guy who it's he's a's, not gonna open the year no no the no pitch. but the a's are are not a team that that keeps guys down like they they don't keep guys down longer than fantasy They're, you're never like begging the a's to call up this you know prospect a like look at sean Manaya this mm-hmm. year they wasted no time calling him up i, I think you could see barreto <clears throat> uh, the same thing happened with him. I mean, they they have just really no big league quality players at second base. They've got Joey Wendell and Chad Pinder in a platoon there right now. I mean, Barreto's probably a better hitter than both those guys already. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think he's someone that you keep an eye on as as a potential uh, May, maybe early June call up next year. Someone who who might get some some play as a at a a guy you take in the late rounds of, of deep single season leagues. Yeah. I, I think it'd be wise for them to let him take his lumps because it's not going to be a compete year for that, that team. I think you, you might see him in terms of when he comes, when he comes up, you might see it completely mirror what happened with Tim Anderson this year, kind of a similar situation in terms of where they were developmentally and where the team was competitively, but they just don't, they're not going to have better options. And, and this is a guy who I think, he might be one of those types of prospects who just plays like raises his game a little bit when you've got that upper deck and you've got the bright lights and you got a lot of people in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at his second half numbers. I mean, he's just tearing the cover off the ball and I feel like people kind of forgot about him maybe until that, that recent promotion. Yeah. I mean, maybe he, uh, maybe he takes kind of a Rugnet door type path where he has some initial success. Yeah. With the lights and pressure turned up. And maybe it's a, a rough spot, but I think it'll be really, really good long-term. Double-A awards, most impressive hitter, Rowdy Telez of the Blue Jays. I'm loving having shares of Rowdy, seeing what he's doing right now. 299 average, 387 on base, 524 slug, 21 homers. Of course, the big question is if he'll be ready next year to replace Edwin Encarnacion. Maybe not right away, but I think he is probably the long-term answer there. What do you think? Yeah, I think he comes up sometime next summer. They're going to have options to kind of just plug a hole there uh, over over a couple months, and I assuming they don't resign it. Yeah, I just I don't see that. I he's earned himself a lot of money. I mean, I think some team's going to come out of the woodwork and give him a, a big payday, and and the Jays are just not the type of team that's going to be committing that kind of money to a player like Encarnacion, uh, Telez. Really, there's there's nothing you can point at that that really gives you pause at all except for the fact that he has shown platoon splits uh that are a little worrisome he's uh only hitting 260 330 uh, 430 against lefties this year which isn't that bad but i mean sometimes when you see a guy that's as gifted as him you, you take those splits you put them up in the big leagues and they they, they look even worse I kind of said that a guy like Matt Adams, like the good version of Matt Adams, might be a, a reasonable floor for Telez, where he just mashes righties, and you know, depending on who else is on the roster, maybe he sits against lefties sometimes. But uh, you know, the good version of Matt Adams was a guy that was taken kind of right outside the top 100 in, in drafts. So I think you're going to see a high batting average. You're going to see at least 20 home runs a year, especially in his his peak years and and i love the fact that he's going to play a a ton of games in the al east so uh, just a really safe prospect you don't see too many first base prospects that are as young as he is that have uh the contact skills and the patience that he's shown uh, in the upper levels 
Yeah, I tried not to to fall in love with him in the fall league last year, just based <laughs> off his sheer size, his his beef, his sheer beef. But uh, he's really kind of backed it up what we saw in the fall league this year. Uh, I kind of did made that mistake with Aaron Judge a few years ago, where you know you see him in the fall league, he just has the look of a stud major leaguer hitting home runs in the fall league. But uh, you don't want to overlook the flaws in this game, and those have been apparent for Judge in the early going here at the major league level. A quick note from our sponsor, need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. Most improved, James, at the AA level, Rice Hoskins uh, of the Phillies. What's he done to to improve his stock this season? I, I I don't know. I can't really say that he's actually improved like in a, in a major way. It's just that his fantasy stock has improved in a major way because of where he's playing and the fact that he's uh, you know playing in, in a potent lineup. I mean, he, he's got 37 homers and, you know, a lot of people talk about reading being a, a major uh, hitter friendly ballpark at double at, uh, A. And that's true. But, you know, I look at his splits, you know, he's still a, a guy that's got an OPS over eight, 800 on the road. Uh, he's He's got a 905 OPS against righties as a righty and he's just murdering lefties. I just don't see kind of the the flaws and the the split issues given where he's playing that I do with a guy like Dylan Cousins who's also putting up crazy numbers but you kind of look at what Cousins is doing <coughs> and almost all the productions coming in reading against righties so you kind of you wonder how much of it's going to translate up the ladder with with Hoskins I, I don't I don't worry that much about it he also doesn't have uh, the type of swing that I think I think big league pitchers can can exploit cousin swing he's kind of got a Aaron judge type of build too and, and Hoskins to me is just it's just very easy for him he, he covers a ton of the plate I thought you could make a case in terms of legitimate improvement for guys like Dominic Smith and Ronald Guzman but <coughs> those guys if you add their their home runs up this year they don't even equal Hoskins so I uh, gave Hoskins the nod here so where does he rank within that organization in terms of prospects then? Uh, let me pull that up. Um, I think I'm behind, yeah, just behind Crawford and, and Nick Williams. So, Do they have a pretty sneaky system? I mean, they've been rebuilding for a long time. They probably should. I, don't, I mean, I, I think everyone would agree it's a top 10 system. They don't have a ton of pitching, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of need some. I mean, Jake Thompson. They have Mark Appel. <laughs> Jake, Jake Thompson's been uh, a, a pretty big disappointment um, for for those who thought he'd be good. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, they, they've they're loaded on the the hitting side though. And if you look at, at Crawford, Williams, Reese Hoskins, uh, Alfaro, Moniak, Quinn, um, Cousins, who I mentioned, Cornelius Randolph. I mean, that's almost enough players to to field a a baseball team. So, I mean, the, the, yeah. those guys are all like borderline top 100 guys and a good chunk of them are going to debut next year. So, uh, the future's bright in Philly. I, I think that you could make a case that, um, some teams like maybe the, the Brewers and, you know, the Braves, it'd be, it'd be interesting to kind of compare where the Phillies, the Brewers and the Braves are all at because they're all, they're all kind of doing it the right way. Um, and they're all kind of doing it sort of in different ways, I guess. And you know, their farm systems sort of look different in terms of where all the town is and, and whether it's depth or whether it's um, just kind of top heavy. Uh, but, you know, th- they're all going to be teams that I think are going to be in a position to contend in, in three or four years. 
Yeah, I agree. I wish the my reds were in that combo. <laughs> Notable but, omission. Yeah. Clearly not even <laughs> close to that combo. But with the Phillies, I mean, yeah, the, they don't have much on, on the farm in terms of arms, but their, their rotation at the major league level, at least earlier this year, was looking really good. Vince Velasquez, but Aaron Nola, I think they have to be pretty pretty worried about him. Well, yeah, like – and and I like I think I, I think you have to be happy with Jared Eikhoff's done this yep. year. Um, I mean he's, he's kind of looking like at worst a number four. Uh, Nola to me I, I still think he's a I still think he's a number three. I I know it it looked bad towards towards the end there. Um, before he's he clearly hurt. not healthy. I, I wouldn't. Think. I I think you get him healthy. I still think he's he's a number three starter to me. Um, Velasquez is a guy who just needs to be more efficient with his pitches. Man, I mean. Mm-hmm. When was the last time he went into the seventh inning? It's it's yeah. uh, that that's something he's got to work on for sure. I actually, I think they should consider shutting him down fairly soon. I don't know if there's anything in the in the works there, but to, to me, he's a guy that I'd I'd be worried about overextending. Yeah. In, in meaningless games. I even thought I know there were rumors that you know there were people interested in trading for him at the deadline. Just with all the injury history, I, I thought it made sense for that that organization. He's got to be on the the short list of guys where you just wouldn't be surprised at all, like at all. You wouldn't be surprised if he if he needed Tommy John no. tomorrow. I thought he did earlier this yeah. season. Yeah, and I wasn't was anyone surprised even then? You know, I mean, yeah, that, so like, it seemed like kind of an inevitability. You He's already of, had it before. I mean, you almost like because of the craziness of that trade, the Ken Giles trade, you almost assumed that the Astros knew something yeah. about Velasquez's medicals or something. So exactly. Um they definitely need they need some help in in the rotation, but with all these rebuilding teams, that's the last thing you address. I mean it well, the bullpen's the last thing you address. The rotation to me is the second to last thing you address. You gotta get the position players out there. Unless you're the Braves <laughs> and you wanna really you wanna <laughs> field two big league rotations. I know you can trade pitching for hitting, but uh I mean you need you do need the hitting. Yeah, you don't build with like lottery ticket arms, in my opinion. Well, you, th- yeah, you do if you're well, if you're, if you're, if you're the Reds or the Braves. <laughs> the, um, well, the Reds are just, I mean, Reds just, just don't have much. <laughs> the Reds have like they have some like lottery ticket arms, but like they're they're homegrown guys. Yeah, it's true. Biggest disappointment for you at the Double A level, Ryan McMahon. Uh, I mean, he kind of widely regarded as a top 50-ish prospect coming into the year, but 239, 323, 396 at double-A this, this year. Is it partly to do with the, the hitting environment? I don't exactly know what it is at that in that league. Or uh, what, What's the issue here with McMahon? Yeah, actually, I should have mentioned that with, with Matt Olson. To me, both of these guys are guys that you can point to as they, they raised their stock in a big way by playing in, in super hitter friendly environments and for like Mc- last year and the year before, right? Yeah. Mc- McMahon went from Asheville to Modesto. Um, I mean, those are two great places to hit. This year, he's he's in the Eastern League. I, I think he's at Hartford. I mean, it's it's very neutral, and you're kind of seeing the the effects of that. And I think that's kind of what happened with with Olson too. And just like with Olson obviously don't write this guy completely off and and to me mcmahon's still a top 100 guy um he's still just 21 years old still profiles as someone who's gonna play in course field um but i I think you have to downgrade him you can't just can't just write this year off i mean especially if you match the production with the downgrade and hitting environment you kind of have to to at least raise the question as to whether he was as good as we we thought coming into the year uh and I threw a little shout out at the end there. I mean, if if we wanted to get into really deep leagues, uh, some guys that would also qualify for this award would be Eric Jagiello and, and Alex Blandino. But I, I figured that uh, they, they're probably already off the radar for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> understandably so. I mean, Blandino has been better since a really, really miserable start to this season. Jagiello, I mean, centerpiece of that Chapman Chapman deal. I mean, that's that trade's going to go down. I know – you all out there don't want to hear me just bitch about the Reds, but that's going to be go down as probably the, one of the worst trades of the modern era. Not all time. <laughs> high A, most impressive, Luis Urias. We talked about him a couple weeks ago when we were breaking mm-hmm. down high A hitters. Anything to add here since then? No, I mean it's it's kind of all about the it's all about the approach, uh, the hit tool, the fact that he's going to stick it. I mean, 
He's actually played a little, played a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of short. Expects him to end up at second base. Uh, and then I, I think you you might just look at the fact he's only got five home runs and be a little like, oh, is this guy going to hit for power? I think he does hit for power, at least relative to second base. And he's the youngest player in the Cal League. That approach is going to allow him to hit for power. I mean, if you control the strike zone like that, uh, you're going to be able to to ambush some some pitches. And I went back. I was looking at, like, the home run leaderboard amongst second basemen. It was really tough to find a cop for him because a lot of the guys on that leaderboard are kind of like late bloomer types, like a, like a Brian Dozier or Daniel Murphy. Uh, you know, the only two guys that were really as advanced as he is at this age in terms of what level they were playing at was Robinson Cano and Rubnet Odor. Cano was just a monster. I mean, you can't really compare him to, to Cano. But o- Odor, uh, very, very similar numbers when they were 19 and both at, at high A. And Odor was a guy who kind of all the way up, it was all about the hit tool and everything, and, and nobody ever really thought he'd be a, a big-time contributor in terms of power. And now he, he's kind of flipped uh, that narrative a little bit. I think I think Urias could kind of follow in those same footsteps. Most have improved Yu Chang Chang. We, another guy we talked about. I think we talked about Javier Guerra here as well when we not, broke yeah, down not, high. Not that interesting. I mean, yeah. like borderline top 200 guy. Um, and uh, Javier Guerra, obviously, a huge, huge disappointment. Uh, I thought, you know, the guys I also considered here were Jorge Mateo, uh, Joe Marais, Forrest Wall, Braxton Davidson. But I think if you kind of factor in where Guerra was to start the year on lists, I think he was – inside every top 60 in terms of baseball america mlb.com baseball prospectus and now he's he's going to be kind of a fringy top 200 guy i think heading into next year um i mean not not a ton to say there he's uh, you know not he's kind of down on himself i think he's on the dl and i think it might be kind of a a mental dl like (laughs) like a take a breather yikes um so yeah i mean that that's 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 high. Eh? I mean, a lot of guys kind of at that level who were in the running here, as you mentioned. I mean, Jorge Mateo, Joe Marais, Force Wall, Braxton Davidson. A lot of time for these young guys, but never, never really yeah. great I mean, to, to fail that at that level. Mateo initially. is a guy who's still like a you. You might throw him in a top fifty. I mean, he's he's still a, a fairly high end guy. It's just I I expected him to really kind of break out this year and, and kind of finish the year as a top 10 guy. And that, that just didn't happen. The other, uh, Reyes is too young to really worry about it, but he, it was disappointing. And then wall and Davidson wall, wall still probably a top 200 guy. Davidson, the strikeouts are just insane. Finally, low a awards, most impressive Eloy Jimenez straighten it out. Eloy shout out to Mike chess, a loyal listener. Love that comment there. Uh, Eloy really has been impressive, and uh, was he recently promoted, or is he still at low way? Is he going to finish the I year? Think he's going to finish the year there, huh. uh, unless something's happened that I haven't seen in the, in the last couple hours. Um, Numbers certainly suggest he, he's ready for promotion. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously they have they have their reasons. They're they're way. I mean, the Cubs, the Cubs player developmental staff, uh, they kind of know what they're doing. I, yeah. I would say. Um, it was tough, tough call between him and and Isan Diaz, who it's been awesome. Has just been twenty homers, um, but I, I think you got to go Jimenez here. Factor in the age, uh, you factor in the the plate discipline. I mean, Diaz is is striking out a ton, and he's a little older than Jimenez. I mean, he does play a, a better position, but. Uh, I think in in most dynasty leagues, people are going to be valuing Jimenez ahead of Diaz, and I think they're very <laughs> close. I have them, I think, like two spots apart. But to me, t- I think Diaz actually has this type of upside too. Um, but to me, Jimenez, like, if I was just kind of projecting out, like, say, what is the top ten going to look like in terms of top ten prospects in baseball? Like two years from now, I could see Jimenez being number one. Like he's he's that kind of hitter where we might just be kind of looking at him and just saying like there's no flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so even though he's you know positional eligibility favors Diaz, right. it's Jimenez who has that kind of top echelon 
a capability. Right, where you just you look at like the the strikeouts and the walks, and you're just like, yeah, I, I don't really have any questions about whether the tools are going to play with with Diaz. I do want to see him cut down on the strikeouts as he moves yeah. up the ladder. If he does that, then I definitely think he's he's in that class as well. But uh, to me, he's just he carries a bit more risk than Jimenez right now. Most improved at the low A level. <laughs> this is this is good to see for me. Uh, <laughs> after I, I had him as a, as a pride keep, I call it because I traded for him, saw him live uh, in twenty fifteen. I he think. really looks the part, doesn't he? I mean, he looks pretty good. He made a crazy catch that like tumbled into the wall, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's awesome." Uh, but had some real major struggles last year. I think he was demoted at one point, yeah, yeah. and now kind of repeating the low A level. But he's fared much better. Low on base, well, not that low. It was low early on, but he's improved his on base percentage now to three thirty eight, average three oh nine. Not a ton of power, but some speed there. Thirty one stolen bases in forty seven attempts. Are you back on board with Manuri Sierra? Yeah, I I really am. I think this is a guy that you should be trying to trade for because I think he like all of the all the traits you're kind of looking for in a in a leadoff hitter are are starting to show up. Uh, but I, I think the power. I think there's more power there. I think you're gonna you're gonna see. Uh, you know, I think he had like 28, 29 doubles, something like that, and only three or four homers. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing those doubles start to turn into homers as he moves up the the ladder to the point where where you might be talking about a, a future 2020 guy, and you know at, at that point he, he he might be a top 25 prospect someday. I think right now you can you can still acquire him uh, as sort of a fringe top 100 guy, and oh. if you can do that, I think it's a it's a great uh, grab on a guy whose prospect stock is definitely on the way up. I mean when you watch him play. Uh, he can kind of do it all out there. He's he's a really fun guy to watch. Yeah, he's still pretty young, but do you see him maybe the narrative kind of repeating as he works his way up the ladder, where you know maybe he has to repeat a couple couple more levels? Uh, that would be, you know, not not necessarily. I don't. I think you you see that a lot um, with these guys when they get their first taste of like full season ball, and they just sort of they fall flat. Usually, when they come back and and really really show huge improvements the way he did mm. then they usually I, at least guys with with his type of athleticism i think usually um kind of stay on that track of you know one year at a time at these levels what you don't want to see is a guy repeat a level and not really impress you that much at all the second time through that's when mm -hmm. you start to worry about whether there's going to be a a guy that's that's repeating multiple levels. I think I think Sierra kind of answered the bell this year. I, I'd expect him to do, uh, you know, high A next year, double double A the year after that, and uh, ready for for the big leagues in late 2018, early early 2019. Anything you want to add before we move on and grade Ja? Now let's do it. Actually, first I got to get this in. Nobody ever gets in their car thinking I'm drunk, I'm driving, and I'm going to kill someone tonight. They might think I've had a few drinks, but I'm okay to drive, or I only live a few minutes from here, or I've gotten away with this plenty of times before. And they think like that right up until the moment they kill someone. Thousands of people are killed in drunk driving crashes every year. It's better to be safe than sorry. Download the free Safe Driver app to help you call a taxi or send a friend to your location when you've been drinking. Drive sober or get pulled over. With that in mind, here's our safe waiver wire target of the day, sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. Getting behind the wheel after drinking is always a horrible idea. So is targeting the wrong player on the waiver wire. It's got to be Yoan Moncada, the guy who you said last week could win people fantasy leagues down the stretch. Definitely the safest September call-up. Who would you say is the next safest September call-up? A guy who you think is going to play pretty often and have some initial success in the major leagues. Uh you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I think if uh, Michael Conforto's out there, I think he he probably fits that bill. Although I just I really don't trust the Mets at all to to do the right thing by him. Um, Giolito's a guy, Lucas Giolito. If he's out there in, in kind of shallower, less competitive like non keeper leagues, I actually I see him getting a handful of starts here in September. Uh, just kind of looking at where the rotation's at and, and the injuries they're dealing with. Um, you know, if he if he's out there, I think he could be hard to do a ton better in terms of upside on the starting pitching side. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we appreciate that. We will move on and grade jaw rule. 
rating the five tools we've established for evaluating hip-hop artists, lyricism, flow, longevity, impact, swag, and then overall grade. Again, 20 to 80 scouting scale for these tools. And, man, we've been giving out some high marks, but it's time to, to flip the script and, and give out some, some low grades with Ja Rule due up. I mean, where is Ja? I mean, he's a guy who somehow is still, like, known, widely known in pop culture. Uh, I think did a did a stint, did a bid in, in the state penitentiary, if I remember right. But Freeman now, not really pumping out music that I know of. From the music I have heard, though, it's an easy 20 grade on the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we're, we, there are certain grades, you know, you especially on, like, the flow um, – me on maybe the swag where we're, we're we tend to skew high on our yeah. grades i think we skew low on lyricism and i think this yeah. is this is not a, a scenario where we skewed low it just was this a is just harsh but fair it, it was just it's, it's a 20 like it's, you're not gonna argue with i can't it. think of one good jaw rule line no actually and I, I haven't heard one that's why i can't think of it. <laughs> flow i got a 20 here you you went 25 you you this is one of two grades that you have over 20 here i only have one spoiler alert could we do like a we could probably this is like a first take type of debate here 20 verse 25 on ja rule's (laughs) flow and clay always skews high on the flow so he's dropping a 20 out there that that you know things are, Um, are rough i gave him a 25 just because it's a you know, you there's comedians that have done like Aziz Ansari's done like a stand up bit about like imitating Ja Rule's flow. Oh like, yeah. You know, it's it's like a it's a very noticeable flow. It's very like, easy to, to cock off right, and make right. fun of. Like it's you know, nobody's out there imitating Capadonna's flow. You That's know? true, yeah. Um at least I guess he's although I, I, I might. If I was a stand up, that might be one of my bits. But <laughs> that'd be a good um, bit. It'd be a good goof. But, but yeah. Um, I gave it a twenty five. I mean, big props to John on that flow. Yeah, I just keep thinking of the line and maybe as he, I haven't seen that uh, Aziz bit, but like every thug needs a lady. And that's just <laughs> oh, he's like trying to sing and rap. It's just a terrible, terrible mixture. And uh, again, mean, like with lyricism, I, there's not like one when we're rhyme t- scheme that sticks out we're at 2025 i mean to me that's like you're clocking a guy like home to first and like you get you get 401 and i get like 398 you know i mean it's it's basically the same thing yeah we're, it's we're at the same spot very marginal differences here longevity now this is one where you know i did initially did in our spreadsheet that we keep here just a straight drag on the 20s <laughs> 20 dragged for every grade but i went up to 25 for longevity Simply because, you know, he had a couple, he was really mainstream for a while, early 2000s, what an era. Uh, <clears throat> but he's since fallen off the map, but people still, again, know who Ja Rule is. Do you think, is there any kind of correlation in terms of quality of hip-hop and, like, the quality of, like, the NBA? Like, <laughs> I feel like the, there was, Maybe. like, a, it was really dark days there in that, that early, early 2000s yeah. when, when Ja Rule and, like, Nelly. Like MJ was on the Wizards yeah, and stuff. Like you have guys that are just on top of the rap game, where it's just you. You look back on, on what they were doing, and you really scratch your head. I I threw him a thirty, honestly. I, it's it's kind of a spite thirty, but you know if you if you throw out two multi platinum albums, I assume they I assume those were probably both multi platinum albums. Um, yeah, I'll give him so. a thirty for that. I mean, that's that's something. I mean, a lot of guys have, don't even have one. I mean, he, he threw out two, and like you said, I mean, most people, if you make a Jaw Rule reference, they'll at least understand it. Yeah, it's something. Uh, we'll move on to impact here, and <laughs> we both got twenties. Uh, this is a classic case of negative impact, <laughs> where he did more harm to hip hop. Yes, uh, the art of hip hop, the culture of hip hop. I, I think he did more harm, like by himself, but I I also think. It was a, a kind of a cautionary, like you'd have rappers that coming up and they'd like look at him and they'd be like, "Oh, ooh, don't want to do that," you know. Like yeah. it, that was the impact he had. He 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 still he steered people away from, yeah, from cautionary too. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Swag, easy twenty here. This was probably <laughs> the easiest twenty of all the twenties that we gave out. Yeah, I mean, I know he had like a Shanti on his arm for a while, who's kind of hot, I, mean, I guess. Props. I guess, but at the same time, I mean, he's, uh, again, kind of just the butt end of jokes now. And, uh, 
you see him talk, he's just kind of whenever he like makes an appearance and it, it somehow pops up in the media, it's always just him like becoming a meme. Yeah, where people are making fun of him. Yeah, he's <clears throat> he's no good. No good on the swag side. No, no good. Overall, 20. I mean, I don't think I've ever given out an overall of 20. Uh, really an, an indictment here of Ja Rule's talent. Uh, hope to never never hear a song from him again. Let's hope. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I gave out a 25 on Don Don and then a 25. <laughs> that's on, harsh, We, we both gave out 25s on Birdman. Oh yeah. That's the, See, that's, that's Birdman's just a step up, just a step from Jaw ja. because at least he has like some street cred. You know, Jaw's I mean? <laughs> yeah. just like right. he can't even go out in the streets right. anymore. He has to just stay in. <laughs> well, thanks, James. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for listening, guys. Be back with you next week. is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.